Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Gadget Cast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined with my co host who may have just gotten canceled, Travis MCP. Space travel. I just, just say space travel. All right. Good enough. Close enough. Uh, yeah, back at it again. Uh, thank you, Greg. Yeah, for that great introduction. Um, Eh. Yeah, some things some things happened on my channel. I'm literally excited to talk about that and all the other things that have been going on this past week. Travis went to Vid Summit. He came back with a new perspective. He said, "Who needs subscribers? Who needs fans? I'm <laughs> I'm done with all of it. Subscribers are just a number." He he changed his whole mindset apparently because he's looking to lose all of them. I think. Well, it's funny you say that because only part of that is actually true. Like what you just said. Part of it, I did kind of come back with a new mindset about certain. Uh, certain content I'm going to do and the way I'm going to do it. But um, yeah, so I decided as one of the two videos I was going to make when I come back, the other one being the kind of iPhone 13 review, which I'll talk about later on, is, uh, you know, I basically admitted something that was kind of obvious if you watched my channel for the last, you know, better part of a year, which is I'm not really doing very much uh, Android content anymore. And it was an explainer as to why that's happening. I don't think that I said anything in there. I don't think you saw it yet. Did you see it, Greg? No, I actually haven't seen it. I saw you posted it, and I just didn't have time you to should, watch it yet. You should watch it. I would like I will, to see it. I will. I will. This is a video that interests me a lot as opposed yeah. to like the normal tech coverage because this is a lot more yeah. personal, so I love those types of videos. I figured more, and I got a lot of creator comments, which was really cool. A lot of contents from creators, um, which has been really nice because you know I talk about like the struggles of being a creator and why we do the things we do and why we cover the things we cover. Um, and you know, so I wanted to kind of peel back the the curtain a little bit for some of my viewers. And for those of you who don't know, you know, the first couple of years of my channel, well, the first year or so of my channel was a lot of headphone reviews. Then I went into a little bit of mobile. I did uh, Samsung and Apple pretty much evenly all the way up until the last about year or so. And for whatever reason, the uh, Samsung stuff started to fall off, and it wasn't getting nearly as many views. And you know, like I said in the video, you basically have to make a choice of what you're going to do moving forward. And while even the Apple stuff isn't doing as well as I would like it to do, or even last year or whatever, it's still doing substantially better than any of the Android stuff I've done this year. So it's a pretty easy choice to kind of double down on that. And the, the reasons why I kind of explain in the video, um, if you're interested, you know, hit, hit up the channel and check that out. And it's called why I don't, um, what is it? Why I don't review Android phones anymore. And, um, it's not, um, or why I don't review, yeah, why I don't review Android phones anymore. And, it's not because I don't like them. I do like the, like I said in the video, the Fold 3 um, is a fantastic phone with the best 120 hertz display I've seen this year. Just crazy smooth. Um, but, you know, you got to make a decision as a creator at some point. Like, do you want to grow or do you just want to throw videos out so that, um, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, you could do either. Like, you could be happy doing either. I'd rather get the views and stuff. It's basically, like I said in the video, it's like going to work. And them telling you, hey, today you're not going to get paid as much. And we won't even appreciate the fact you're not getting paid as much. Come in anyway. <laughs> I mean, most people would be like, no, I'm not coming in if you're going to do that. And that's what it's like to put out a video for YouTube. And uh, no one gets to see it. So um, what has happened so far 
as a fallout. It's only been out for a couple of hours, and it's got 6,000 views, which is okay. Um, kind of um, inside baseball, it's seven of my last 10, ranking-wise, as far as views go. It's got what's called what, what's called a click-through rate, which is how often someone clicks it. It's really, really high, abnormally high, but it's not getting an, enough views that it's very impressive, which might be a good thing because I've already lost like 70 subscribers in the last little bit, which is a lot. But I think it's just people that are like, okay, and some people have left comments saying like, okay, you know, I now know that you're not going to do the content I want to see. Goodbye. And that's fine. That's fair. Uh, you know, I kind of expected that. But there's a couple people that just get real, like, um, offended. And it's kind of like, why why do you care? Like, this one guy is Ricardo C. I'll, t <laughs> I'll read these comments because this last comment's hilarious. Uh, so he says, you're not thinking about the loss of subscribers because as for myself, and by the way, this is a, a YouTuber. He's got a small channel, 1,000 subscribers. You're not thinking about the loss of subscribers because as for myself, I'm an Android fan and nothing more motivating to do Android content when your subs die down. First of all, I don't agree with that. Uh, it's like you're alienating 40 to 50% of your subs. As for me, unsubscribe. Because I love when people tell you, oh, I got to unsubscribe. Like, I, I don't care. So I replied, I said, actually, that's not true. And I linked him to a tweet that I said last night when I said, I'm probably going to lose subscribers on tomorrow's video. I said, I completely expected that. His reply, I'm trying to figure out if I want to delete this or keep it and just completely dunk on him in a video because it ends up being kind of funny. So here's his reply to that. Basically, you're saying because your Android content is not getting enough views, you're going to all or mostly iPhone content. Now, I'm reading it word for word. His grammar is terrible and his spelling is atrocious. Here we go. Here is a novel concept. Have a channel that you're passionate about. Okay, yeah, novel concept. By the way, this is a business. Yes, we all want to make money, increase subs, but that should not exclusively be the reason for your channel. Also, in regard to mostly Apple products, good luck with that as they only have one to four phones all launch once a year. I can see it now. iPhone wallpapers, iPhone charging speed review, iPhone 10, 11, 12, 13 all look the same review. If your goal was to cater to iPhone users and loss subs, you're a moran. <laughs> M-O-R-A-N. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to get a shirt that says you're a moran <laughs> and, uh, and attribute it to Ricardo. So thank you, Ricardo, for calling me a moran. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of that. And in some ways I kind of go, well, why do you care so much? But it's a little bit of a, like, almost like a compliment because I guess maybe they feel like they're losing out on something like, oh, he's not going to do the content I like anymore, which is not true. I even mentioned I might do pixel content, pixel six. I know you are. So, you know, if it's interesting, I still might do it, but it's been an interesting day, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's definitely interesting to see you go through uh, this kind of, I don't know what to, I guess like a change. I was going to say metamorphosis, but I don't, I don't want to sound that pretentious. This change in your content strategy this late into uh, the YouTube game kind of shortly after uh, going over like 100,000 subscribers and stuff. Because this was an issue that I had to face very early on in my YouTube career. And it's not that I didn't want to cover Android stuff or Windows stuff. Um, it was more of like a time thing for me when I was first starting out. There's so much to cover. And for my channel, when I was starting out, I 
tried to cover a lot of other things. If you go back and look at my earlier videos, there's some Samsung stuff. There's uh, Kindle stuff on the channel, which I don't think I would ever do now. Uh, but I like to cover like all different types of stuff. I love technology. It doesn't matter what brand it is for me. Um, but early on, I just kind of had to have this focus of like, all right, what are, what are the tech products that I usually buy for myself the most? Because I was so focused on covering everything. And I just had to realize that like, listen, you're one, you're one person. There's no way there's too much stuff to cover. There's no way that you can cover everything. And if you are going to cover everything, you're probably not going to do a good job at it. So early on, I kind of had to have that decision with myself and you go, you know what, what's getting the most views here? What's what are people most interested in? What am I most interested in as well? Because I'm not going to, you know, even if you're making this change, I'm sure it's not because uh, I'm sure even like if it was getting views, you wouldn't cover it if you weren't interested in it. That's also a whole other aspect of this. Um, but I very early on was like, all right, I, I feel like the Apple stuff is where I want to kind of focus. And maybe one day as I grow, uh, maybe if I get some help doing this when I go full time and do this, maybe I can eventually expand uh, areas to other coverage. So it's interesting to see you make this decision now of like, well, I don't really want to cover Android stuff anymore because it's not getting the views. And I think Android's in a weird or like these the Android communities in a weird spot for coverage for for the YouTube community, because I feel like if you're not in that select group of embargo people who get the product like sometimes a month before the, these things hit shelves at this point like if you're like if you're on like the team pixel you'll get a pixel before a month before it hits the store shelves and if you're making content a month after it hits the store shelves uh, there's not a lot of people watching at that point because a thousand other people already made a video on it i get that everyone has their own unique perspective but it's really hard to break through sometimes when you're that late to the game and you're at that much of a disadvantage and it's one of the things i don't like about the android release cycle we talked about this last i think we talked about this last week of how like apple kind of has like this release cycle down pat uh, they don't give YouTubers advanced copies of their products before the announcement. They announce it, and then maybe maybe the YouTubers will get it a week before the average people do. But, you know, if, if we're average people trying to cover this as uh, independent tech content creators, whatever you want to call us, um, it's actually easier to get into that point because a week after a product... You know, you're, you're, you're losing that first mover advantage, but it's not too much time. Like, people are still looking for that content a week later, uh, especially on Apple stuff where people might be buying it that day and they might actually be looking up some stuff uh, to know about it. And then because the audience is just so much bigger from a singular standpoint of Apple only sells four of these phones, whereas if you're a Samsung or uh, some of these other Android manufacturers, you're making like, I don't know, like hundreds of phones at this point each persons looking for certain types of coverage. So it's a unique problem that uh, people who make Android content seem to have. And I've, I've noticed this too, because we've talked about it, that it's hard to get like the views and, and the reception you want when you cover an, an Android product. Doesn't mean you don't like it, but if no one's watching those videos, you do kind of have to make a decision of like, well, who am I doing this for? Like, you know what I mean? If no one's watching it, well, I got to I got to look at YouTube. I got to look at the stats and my audience is better served by giving them content that they're going to click on, giving them content that they want to watch. And that's a difficult conversation to have with yourself, but it's one that I think we all kind of have to. 
Yeah, and I even threw up the possibility of having an Android-only channel and just focusing strictly on that there or maybe a, just a general tech-focused channel or something. I just want um, you know my main channel to be kind of successful, and then if I have other interests and stuff, I can do smaller channels, and then I also have like a desire to do some more comedy-based stuff that has nothing to do with tech at all. So it's just a kind of a transition point for me. A lot of it had to do with the things I learned and, and kind of saw and and heard about at Vid Summit, which was really nice. Again, a YouTuber conference for those of you who don't know. And um, you know, listen, it's it's um, it's not because I don't like the products. I do. I actually like them a lot. And it and it's a it's a shame that I'm even in a position where I kind of have to make this choice. And some people might go, well, why do you care? What, what does it matter if it gets less views? Well, sometimes it's a lot less views. And while I'm definitely not motivated by money at all, um, it's substantially less money too. And um, when you're putting out a video and putting in the same amount of effort or time and not getting the growth and the views and stuff, it's demotivating. And it just makes you not want to do it. And unless you're a creator, you can't possibly understand that other than to say if you went to work on a specific day and people just didn't care that you came in that day, um, versus any other day of the week, you probably wouldn't go in that day. And that's just as close as I can kind of describe it. So is it going to solve all my issues? No, of course not. Um, it's still, it makes me kind of think maybe I should, um, I don't know. It's got me thinking about a lot of things. Like maybe I will do a little bit more extra stuff, but just, you know, if something interesting happens on Android, I'll talk about it. Um, you know, I just won't focus on it too much. Uh, but there's other opportunities too. So like I used to do headphone reviews and headphones work with Apple products. So I can totally do headphone reviews again if I really wanted to. Um, I don't know that I'll do that very much, but um, you know, it does give me a lot to think about as a creator and that I want to give the viewers what they want. I obviously want YouTube to show it to the people who want to watch it. And however I need to do that is uh, you know, what I want to do. It's just that simple. Yeah, well it's said. Like saying, it's like saying you know, when people say, oh, you just do it for the views. I'm like, of course I do. I mean, I make the content. Why would I want no one to watch it? That's like saying, oh, you only go to your job because you want to get paid. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, I, you know, I don't like that topic, though, if you only do it for the views, because you and me both know there is a lot of shady things that both you and I could probably do to get oh, yeah. a lot more views. <laughs> so to say you only do it for the views, I feel like is, is even a disingenuous statement. You're True. making the content that you want to make that is reaching the widest audience possible to get the view. So you're serving the the community that follows you the best by making the videos that they want to watch. And it's that's that's mm -hmm. a Renee Ritchie talking point. Don't think of it as like subscribers. Like th like you know, it's viewers want this. This is why they clicked on the video. Uh, so I, I wouldn't feel bad by saying like you know you're not chasing views there the, Travis you you know the things you could be doing to be chasing views yeah. and you're not doing that kind of stuff I it's, guess I'm not chasing cheap views or, or yeah, views that I would yeah. feel you're like you're trying to provide value for the most yeah. people possible I would say Yeah it's 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 just weird because I remember when I was just a viewer of YouTube um that I uh was like why do these you know channels talk about this stuff it doesn't make sense just put out content and people find it and that's what YouTube also wants you to think that, you know, their systems are set up that way. And to a certain degree, they are. But to a large degree, the reality of what happens is you spend time. Like what happens to my channel a lot is I'll put something out that I'm really proud of or something really interesting or cool that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with just Apple or anything like that. And it goes nowhere. And that's like, that's so frustrating because I know there's a viewership out there somewhere that would watch it, but YouTube can't find those people. And, and, 
I, I'm not going to go into detail about how this works. Um, unfortunately, it's just not worth the time to do that for our audience. But it's it's definitely something that's been on my mind for a while about you know thinking about it and should I make this a Apple channel? And I don't know if I'm really saying that. I'm just saying that I haven't been doing and may not be doing a lot of Android stuff in the future. And I was open to perhaps doing an Android channel if people really wanted it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I think there's probably, even though you say you won't cover Android stuff, I feel like you will probably still end up covering some Android stuff, but yeah. maybe not in the yeah. amount that you used to before. You might right. not feel the need to go out and buy every single Android phone that's on the market. Like You might not right. feel the need to cover a OnePlus phone, especially when, again, like like I said, if you can get into that release cycle and know that your content's going to provide value, it's probably worth it. But if you're one of those people that it's like, ah, oh, you know, every everyone else got the phone like a month ago. Like if Samsung contacted you and said, Travis, we want you to, you know, use the next uh, Galaxy Fold. I'm sure you'd be like, you know what? All right. I think I can try this out and uh, give my perspective on it. But if it's if it's the fact that you're going to be uh, not competing with those initial people, but, you know, trying to chase those views later on, it's kind of like a losing game sometimes. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Apple things, since this is kind of what this podcast is more or less known for as well. I mean, we talk about other things, too. And this is, by the hey. way, this is one of my outlets for things that aren't yeah. Apple-related. You know, I come here to talk about, like, Microsoft and Windows and stuff that we would ne I would never talk about on my channel. You know, we talk about the Xbox, talk about it here. So make sure you're subscribed. Hello. Anyway, <laughs> let's start with the mini. By the way, I, I, love, oh, yeah. I love how... I love how you totally have the voice of someone who traveled to a convention on the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of that. And I actually made sure that at the beginning of my video, I'm like, look, I I'm, I just came back from LA. You can leave Travis sounds tired. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so here's the thing. Um, let's start with the iPad mini only because uh, while I didn't take it with me and stuff, um, I did use my older iPad mini while I was uh, on the road. I wanted to see what kind of new thoughts you have in the jelloing jello screen thing that everyone's talking about and talk about, is that really a big deal or not? So if you're not familiar, if you haven't been paying attention, um, it's being pointed out that the iPad mini, the, the darling of this, of this podcast. And, you know, of course, Greg and I love the iPad mini, um, is having some quote screen issues where as you scroll up and down, it looks uh, there's there's some uneven refresh going on, which makes it look. Uh, what, what are they calling it? A jello? jello. What do they call that? Jelly, jello. Yeah. Jello. I don't know. Now, if you have an jelly iPad scroll. Mini and you don't know what I'm talking about, don't look for it. That's the worst <laughs> thing you can do. It's one of those things that after you see it, you can't unsee it, right? So if you don't recognize that there's any issue with your iPad Mini. We're not going to continue to describe what it is because I don't want to ruin anyone's um, experience because it is one of those things. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. But it's a thing that happens with pretty much all LCD panels. It's not something new. It happens with um, iPad Airs and stuff, but no one really commented on it. John Prosser made a big, big deal, a really good point about this that it actually already existed on the iPad Air, but no one mentioned it. And it's almost like someone came in to try to pour cold water on the fire that is the iPad Mini. Like, the iPad Mini is so dope. Like, why, why do we have to find something that isn't even... I mean, it's an issue, but it isn't an issue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, covering Apple stuff for a while, this always seems to be the case where, like, one small issue gets blown out of proportion of something that's, like, huge. And then when you do a little bit more research on it, you discover that this isn't um, 
this isn't a unique issue with just Apple's iPad mini. This has affected like every single LCD iPad that's been released and, and other products as well. It actually used to be on iPhones too, uh, which used LCD displays. But again, it was a problem that, um, you know, didn't get this much attention before. And, and for the iPad mini, it just seemed to blow out of proportion. Maybe it's because the screen size of the mini too, maybe it lends itself to it being like maybe a little bit more noticeable than if it was on like a bigger display. But yeah, like if you really look for it, you can see it. I don't know. I, I saw the effect. I've been using my iPad mini regularly. I haven't noticed it since then. So I don't know if people are going to see it and then, oh, I can never unsee it again because I, I can see it. But like, I don't know. I, I scroll. I use my iPad mini. It's good. It's like 120 hertz on the iPhone. Yeah, I can notice it. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm, it's like I'm using my phone. I'm doing things. It, it kind of just goes out of my head. Uh, I don't think this is a huge issue because it has affected other products. I, I think it was blown out of proportion. I think people took advantage of uh, of that issue, and and you know I had comments like I'm going to return my iPad Mini because of this, and I just thought that was I don't know. I felt like it wasn't like a returnable offense of like this is awful, Speaking especially if you which, didn't notice it before. Like if you're like a week right. into using your iPad Mini, and you're like I'm returning it now because someone else said it's awful, and it's like <laughs> well you didn't think it was awful. Right. I'm actually curious. Did you watch Sam's video about not or wanting to return his iPad mini? I did watch that video and, and uh, his. So real quick, real yeah. quick. I didn't actually watch it. So give me a quick 30,000 foot view of why I return it. It was more of not even the jelly scrolling thing. Uh, he did mention that, but it was because of the and I agree with his take on this, but it's not enough for me to return it. Um, the iPad OS does not feel optimized for the iPad mini. It kind of feels slapped on there with like icon spacing. Um, if you put like a lot of icons to your dock, they get ridiculously small and stuff like that. There's a lot of margins. Apple could definitely fill in the software a little bit more on the mini. And that's basically why he returned it. And I, and I agree with that statement, but I just love the form factor so much that, you know, those things are definitely negatives about the product, but it's not enough for me to return it. Cause I like it. I like using it. I love the form factor. Are you muted? I have no interest in, um, trading or returning my iPad I mean, even though I haven't got a chance to use it very much because I, I, you know, I was in LA and I didn't take it with me. Um, I am not, I've already talked about how much I love it. And if, it, if I, you know, return it now, it would seem kind of silly. I'm not going to return it. Um, I love it. I love the size. I, it's in the living room. Now I will use it as my living room iPad, as I've talked about before I did interestingly use my old, I think it's iPad mini two on my trip. Hmm. So, this is kind of a retro feel. I I had almost forgotten I had this thing. So here's what here's where it was. I had a, I have a DJI Spark, which is a drone, and it I actually was using it for the app, so you could see the video footage from there. But I just recently got a Mini Two, which is a cool little drone that's amazing. Um, so I I was like, well, I'm not really going to fly the Spark anymore because there's no reason to. Let me take the Mini out. And I thought, well, I do want to watch videos and stuff when I get there. Um, so let me take the mini with me, which I did. And again, obviously in every conceivable way, it's not as good as the newer one. Having said that, it just reminded me why I love the mini size factor, like form factor and like how cool it is and how perfectly sized it is. It went right into my bag. Um, when I put, when I brought it out and watched videos at night, perfectly sized, like everything about it just is perfect for a travel tablet or something like that. So it just reminded me that even the not even awesome form factor, older version of the mini two, which by the way, 
was on like I think it's on thir- I think I have it on thirteen. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. thirteen or something. Um, it, it worked great. It it never really had any problems, and I used my um because the, and I'll talk about this when we talk about the thirteen Pro Max here in a minute. Um, the everything worked. It just it was like yeah, this is why the mini is so freaking awesome, and I really hope, 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 hope that it's sold enough that Apple goes yeah, we need to continue this line. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the issues that people had with this product would be fixed if Apple uh, put something like the 120 hertz ProMotion display in there, but they're never going to do that unless they actually see interest in the iPad mini. And uh, Mm -hmm. if if people do, then they'll start taking some of those Pro upgrades eventually and bringing them down the line. So uh, if the mini sells well, um, a lot of the problems that people have with it now will probably get fixed. Yeah. And I will buy it again. I don't <laughs> care. It is I good. I was a little sad that um, I was reading uh, rumors this week that uh, Apple was looking into putting o- OLED displays on like the uh, other iPads, like the iPad Air, possibly the iPad Mini. And uh, apparently they've decided not to. So I wonder... I mean, the rumor never made sense to me because... Um, they were so in on that mini LED tech for the iPad Pro. Uh, and I thought it would be weird to have OLED on the cheaper iPads and then mini LED on the more expensive ones. I don't know. I guess uh, it, it maybe it would have worked out. But um, I don't know. I wonder what's going to happen. I guess they're all just going to get mini LED eventually. Yeah, I would expect that that's the technology they're going to go with. I don't yeah. see them doing two different types of technology like that. Um and 504 says I should do an edited video on iPad mini video. I was actually going to do that. Um, my iPad mini content isn't working really well on my channel, so I'm probably not going to do anything else with it, which is another sad thing because I love it so much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is, to me, one of the most perfectly sized and kind of bite-sized, amazing tablets that are out there, other than a really good point that the OS isn't quite there yeah I don't know if they're ever going to get there because it feels like Apple has had plenty of time to kind of address this and they just really haven't they tried to with iPad OS but it just never really got there so I don't know I think the uh I think it will get worked out because I think people notice it more on the mini but I think this version of iPad OS even though it has some really cool features to it I do think the home screen uh, is kind of a step back with the spacing and everything. I get, I guess they did it for widgets, so when like you resize it, it's easier. But I feel like there's a lot of wasted space on the iPads, and uh, I would hope that they would fix that um, because the previous year before that, they, remember when they let us put like a bunch of like uh, icons on the home screen? They like let you like mm. really fill it up. That was great. And the only thing that was really missing was widgets. But then when they brought the widgets over, they let you put less icons on your home screen than ever to, like, fit these widgets. So uh, I would hope that they kind of mix and match both of those ideas and we we can put, like, 30 home screen icons on if we want to. Or if we want to use widgets, uh, we could use more of that spacing. Because, you know, some of these iPads, like the 12.9-inch iPad, it's huge. Like, there's no reason why you can't fit more stuff on it. A hundred percent. And I think each, each iPad should have kind of a branch tree. I know it might be easier for me to say than for it to do, but you know, based on the resolution and the screen size, like you can't just do one thing and have it fit all of them. It just doesn't work. Um, so I don't know. Apple has to figure it out. Like, well, Apple can't do that. Well, I'm sure they can. 
there's enough money. Yeah, there. All they need to do is two different size classes because all of them right now have the same one and it has to scale from a 12.9 inch iPad Pro to the 8.3 inch iPad mini. And even if Apple just made two different ones where it's the iPad mini and the iPad Air get this and then the 12.9 inch iPad Pro gets that, it would still end up being a much better experience because you're not scaling it to that giant display anymore. Uh, yep. It would be it would be a way better uh, scenario for them, and I hope they look into it because I I think that um, the mini I think I think the 11 inch is the sweet spot, and it probably doesn't suffer from most of these problems. Uh, but you really notice it on the 12.9 and on the mini because they're the two extreme yeah. uh, spectrums here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. I mean. It's the one that's small and the one that's big that really show it the most. Um, yeah. And again, I haven't used mine a lot because I got it just a day or so before I had to leave. Um, but I'll be starting to use it, you know, from you know today on uh, now that I'm back. Um, let's real quick talk about the iPhone 13, what your week has been like and my week with the iPhone 13 Pro Max. Do you want to start or do you want me to start or what? Uh, why don't you start? Because you went to Vid Summit. You said mm -hmm. you, you got the Pro Max. You said you were going to test the battery for us and let us know. I saw you yeah. posting pictures on Twitter and stuff like that. So how was your week uh, with the Pro Max? There's a lot to go over here, but I'm going to save a lot of it for my video. Um, but I do want to kind of go over some of the, the things that people are going to be most interested in. Um, number one, uh, I took a lot of pictures, a lot of which are on Twitter or Instagram. So check me out there. Links are in the description and the show notes. Um, I did a comparison uh, with the 12 Pro Max and the 13 Pro Max in a similar lighting scenario. And the and I'll, maybe I'll say maybe I'll show it here for the live stream so they can see because the thing is, um, there's a dramatic difference. And I'm really curious because the one that I think most people would say is better, a lot of people who commented on my picture said was not as good. Um, I'm going to show it here on the live stream and I'm going to kind of explain what we're looking at to the audio listeners. Let's go ahead and share this, uh, okay. share screen. What we're going to be looking at here is a, let me put it over here. Um, we're going to be looking at a dinner kind of lit by very small, it's outdoors in LA. Um, Thank and you. the first picture is the 12 Pro Max, which looks pretty good, kind of darker-ish. Now, I'm going to switch to the 13 Pro Max, and you're going to immediately notice a difference. I mean, it's night and day difference. Whoa. It's night and day difference, right? We'll go back again. Now, I highly recommend anyone who's listening to the audio podcast to come to either Twitter, watch me and check it there, or come to the YouTube video and watch this, because the differences between these two images is stark. The 13 Pro Max is much lighter all around. The 12 Pro Max, who I borrowed from Jeff, is much darker, but perhaps more defined. And that's where people on Twitter were saying, I actually like the 12 Pro Max better. Um, these are both in auto mode, both using the, the wide angle, um, I believe. But it's so different that it's like, you know, at first you're like, oh, 13 Pro Max is better. It's brighter. But if you really look at it, if you look at me on the right-hand side here, you'll notice I'm a little bit kind of digitized. I am moving at the time, but still. Um, you look at me over here, and I'm a little bit more defined on the 12 Pro Max. And if you look down the the 
the table here. Um, that's Jake Feldman, one of the largest creators of YouTube Shorts, period. Um, his face is kind of blurry. He's kind of looking towards the camera. But if you look at it on the 13 Pro Max, he's much more defined. Uh, he's kind of looking down. So, and it's maybe because there's more light in. So there's this weird situation where parts of this image of the 12 Pro Max in my mind look better, like the lights up by the, the, the sky and stuff, I think look better. And here it's so bright that I think your average consumer would like the more well-lit image. So I'm definitely gonna put this in the video and I'm gonna ask people without kind of context which one they think is better. But Greg, what do you think? Which one is better to you? Uh, yeah, it's hard to tell because you're 100% right that some things the first one does is actually better at, but then the fact that it like was able to get that bright in a pretty dim scene uh, you're you're right that a lot of people might actually prefer that effect. So I don't know which ones. I think I prefer the 12, though, actually. I think I'm mm. preferring that one uh, just because it looks... That's probably how it looked closer to how you took the photo. And the yeah. other one, for whatever reason, uh, it just brightened it up a little bit too much. Uh, here's another image I took. I think this looks great. It's a fantastic image. Uh, the light here is crazy because it is not as light as this. I mean, when you're there, it's dark. Yet again, the 13 bringing up light, but I think this is a great image. I did not have the 12 Pro Max to compare it with, but I actually like the way this image looks. I don't know if you like this image. It's basically an outdoor kind of uh, restaurant-ish area with um, you know a bunch of chairs and stuff. There's some lights and really cool stuff going on. Um, what do you think about this one, Greg? Looks nice to me, especially it's hard to gauge, like like you said, how much light was actually there. But uh, yeah. I've taken some shots where like it's, yeah, there's no light. And it's like, oh, wow, that actually did a pretty good job. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about the battery life, because that's what I really wanted to find out about when it came to this phone. And I knew it would be a challenge because I was at a hotel that was by LAX. Um, if you know anything about that particular area or if you know anything about what happens when a phone has poor coverage, this really, in a, in a really significant way, tested this phone in a way that I think I felt really happy with. First of all, I have all radios on, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, even if it's not connected to Wi-Fi or anything. The Wi-Fi there was terrible, so I didn't ever connect to it. So on 5G, which was hardly 5G, matter of fact, in the lobby, I did a speed test that was pretty pathetic. I can't even remember. I have, I have the speeds here, but Viper, who had Verizon, did speed tests and got under a meg. So it was really bad. And what happens is typically your battery drains a lot when it's having a hard time connecting to uh, cellular phone uh, coverage. It, you, it, you just see the drain happen faster. Um, I believe it's because it continues to try to amp and connect to different um uh, towers. I'm sure there's someone listening that has a more scientific explanation, but it's a thing. It actually does happen. So typically what happens when I'm at conferences like this is that I need to charge my phone before the day is over, even if I'm not using it that much because the phone's constantly working and constantly working and constantly working. And um, I could see that that was the case here. I think I never used, I think I never had a screen time on more than four and a half hours, which to me seems reasonable for someone who uses a phone. I don't know. That's if you're on your phone for eight hours, I don't know what you're doing. But anyway, um, at the end of the day, after being off the charger for usually it would be off around 6 a.m. And then I'd put it back on the charger close 11 or, you know, 11 o'clock or so. So that's, you know, it's a bunch of hours. I was still um, 
I was still at like 40 something percent and Jeff was there. He had his 12 pro and he said his battery, the poor coverage killed his battery all the week. Like he had to keep charging. So essentially what we found was the stress test, which is what I believe this is a real stress test, real life stress test. If you're in certain areas where there's poor coverage, you will see less battery life, period. This thing was a champ. Now, when I came home and uh, used it, uh, you know, not quite as much as far as screen on time, but still, but this time I was on good Wi-Fi. I have good coverage. By the time I went to bed last night around midnight, it had 87%. So the, the it's a stark difference between good coverage, bad coverage on Wi-Fi, not on Wi-Fi. But I am absolutely certain that unless you are, I don't know what the hell you'd have to be doing. Because I was even, I was hot spotting, taking pictures, videos. I was doing a lot of things, lots of social media. And I still can get it below like 47% at the end of the day. Unless you are just absolutely super beast mode. This thing's going to last you all day, 100% without any, any worries at all. It is a battery beast. Double check mark for Apple. Incredible job. Um, I loved it. Wow. That's crazy that uh, you actually had Jeff there with the 12 Pro Max to like kind of have like another sample of his test and yours would end the day with 40% battery life and his would be dead and you'd have to charge it. Obviously, there's some battery uh, degradation there from him using that phone longer, but it sounds like Apple's claims are pretty much true when they said, yeah, we, we took the phone battery and we, we increased it by 2.5 hours, which is a lot. And you hear that mm-hmm. and you go, wait, did they really increase it by that? Or are they using some weird metric to kind of measure that? But it looks like for you, that's basically what happened where you're ending the day with like 40%. And maybe if you're on the 12 Pro, maybe maybe it didn't. So that's yeah. that's really awesome. I was really happy with that. I'm happy with the camera in a vacuum. That is to say, by itself, you look at the image, they look great. When you start comparing them to other phones, um, I don't think it falls apart. It's just you now have to take into consideration that other phones are doing certain scenes better. Uh, I did a cinematic video that looked incredible in HDR. Um, I did a bunch of stuff, and I'm happy with the way everything came out. So I'm not, I'm not saying whether the pictures are better or worse than an older phone. I will probably compare it to my 12 pro max when I do my, my video, but by and large, I'm happy with the images that came out. I have some more images I can show, but essentially I, I the, the thing has always been for me. Um, how is this thing going to look if you have no battery life left? And I never had to worry about that. I had no battery anxiety. And for me above every other spec, if your phone runs out of battery life, it doesn't matter if it has the best camera in the world. You can't use it. So uh, amazing. Agreed. That's uh, that's good. Yeah. So for me, I'm actually on the uh, smaller version, the regular 13 Pro. And um, the battery on this has been serving me pretty well, too. Um, I think I'm usually ending most days with either around 20 to 40% battery life, uh, just on the regular 13 pro. And, uh, that's with like four to six hours of like screen on time sometimes. So I know like the, um, I know the regular pro was increased a lot too this year. And it looks like that's true to the point where like I was on the 12 pro max, uh, last year sometimes. And I would say that. It's hard to kind of judge, but I would say based on what I've used between both those phones, I think the 13 Pro 
is slightly better than the 12 Pro Max last year. So Travis may have the battery champion over there with the 13 Pro Max, but it's not like the 12 Pro Max had like bad battery life. So I'm happy with it that at this point, I can choose a smaller phone that can still last me through a day because uh, if we look at the 12 series of phones, every phone in that lineup could not last me, and I use my phone a ton, could not last me a full day except for the Max version. That's even counting like the regular 12. Uh, so the fact that I can now pick the smaller phone and get comparable battery life to the Max version from last year, I am very happy with. And it looks like, uh, you know, when we talk about the 120 hertz display, it looks like that's a big reason why these Pro phones have really good battery life. Uh, they like, um, I think the 12 Pro is beating out the regular 12 in in battery life, even though they're like the same size phone. And I believe the the 13 Pro from the tech specs actually has a smaller battery than the regular 13 Pro. But the reason why it's it's seemingly winning out on these battery tests is because of the efficiency of that display. So forget like the smoother scrolling. <clears throat> I actually think the best technology here is the efficiency of how Apple's doing the display. And it's, it's better than anyone else's, I guess, because Apple is beating the competition where they claim to be doing some of these same techniques. But what Apple's optimization here, they have the smallest physical batteries in their phones out of any mm. of these other companies. Yeah. And they're getting the, the best battery life, at least on the flagships that I've seen on uh, some of these tests. Uh, it looks like Apple's winning in this department with batteries that have like a thousand milliamp hours less than the competitors. And that's, that's really insane that their efficiency is that good with iOS, with the new promotion display, that they're able to get these like drastic changes here. And I, and I, I love it. Yeah. I, I also want to real quick mention, cause someone asked in the chat and this is a, this is a thing does it still get the green orbs in night mode, basically the lens flare. Yes, it does. Unfortunately, I tested oh, yeah. that. Um, oh, it's yeah. one of the things that I, I called out last year. I'm kind of amazed it was not fixed this year. Um, it has to get fixed at some point. If you've never seen this again, I'm going to tell you, don't look for it because you will not unsee it. I don't see how you can't see it because like, yeah. there's there's certain pictures at night that you take and it's like your whole sky. I posted an example on Twitter and it was like it looked like aliens were coming down <laughs> from the sky. It was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. And you got to really be careful bad. with it. You have to frame your shots so that uh, unfortunately you don't get it. And those flares are in video, too, so you have to be careful. Oh, yeah. It's not just like a photo thing. You can see those flares uh, pop up sometimes. So, yeah, the, the flaring on the phone seems to be really bad. In the beta version of iOS 15 at one point, I believe they had a feature where it was supposed to remove the flares. And mm. it doesn't look like that got into the public version. I wonder... Uh, if they'll eventually roll that out in a software update. Because it seems like something that you could solve pretty easily in software because the flares are so pronounced and they have such a characteristic to them that the iPhone should be able to take the picture and go, mm. oh, there's these bunch of green flares in a night sky. Obviously, these aren't supposed to be there. Let's edit that out with uh, the computational photography stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, maybe some people want the flare. I don't know. Maybe some people want it to be authentic. So... But I, there should be a setting to like toggle it on and off. You know, like how the FaceTime on FaceTime, you can have it. So like there's like fake eyes where yeah, it like yeah, yeah. constantly stares at the screen. There needs to be something like that for these flares mm. where it just replaces it with uh, something that looks better because it's annoying. It's annoying. All right. I, uh, so I took one macro shot okay. and I have only seen it on the iPhone screen 
and I just pulled it up on the screen. I'm going to show the live stream, and I am blown away. So on on the iPhone screen, it looks pretty cool, but the detail in this thing of this Ooh. waffle is just crazy good. I mean, look at that. That's an insane image there. Look at the little dusting of the sugar and the butter melted. It's a Belgian waffle, in case you're listening. Making people hungry. I mean, it looks Thank incredible. Goodness. I mean, that image is not something you can do with like an iPhone 12 Pro Max or something. You just can't get that close to it. So really, really good stuff there. Um, overall, like I'm happy with the phone. I'm definitely going to, um, you know, do kind of a one week later um, review or whatever. And my main takeaway is no more battery anxiety. The Mini, though, that was the one thing that, I mean, there's still people who love the Mini. The Mini, the battery anxiety gone for you? Do you like, do you not feel that? I mean, would you not feel that? Or what do you think? I, I may have a video coming out kind of addressing this tomorrow. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I can use some of the footage I did for this video, unfortunately. I'm going to try and make mm -hmm. it work, though. So maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll address this soon. But um, I would say uh, the Mini is improved a lot i think most people uh i ask people on twitter too i'm like hey if you got uh this much screen on time is that a good phone to you if it made it this mm. long throughout the day mm -hmm. um and i actually got like i think i should probably check my notes i think i got like five hours and 30 minutes of screen on time with the mini that's good with that being said, though, I took it into New York, and this is probably more of a stress test, too, just because of how many connections are bopping around there, too. Uh, very congested. And I was using the camera a lot and stuff like that, too. So maybe maybe it was kind of like a stress test for the Mini. But the phone, like, I had it off the charger by, like, I guess around, like, 9 o'clock. And the phone was, like, dead at 7 p.m. So for the Mini, for me... The way I use my phone, I would describe it as a phone that can get me through a work day, but maybe not a full day. Does, mm. does that make sense? Like maybe yeah, you're yeah. not there at 11 o'clock on your phone, like not worrying about the battery. But if you're going <clears throat> from like nine to seven o'clock and you come home on like a typical day, I think the mini is going to be fine. Where that wasn't the case with the 12 mini, by the way, last year. Right. The 12 mini, right. I found like I had to charge it halfway through the day to make it through a day. So I think it's fine. Again, these were stress tests. I was using that phone a ton. Uh, it was the first week I had the phone. Um, I think five hours and 30 minutes of screen on time is basically what the 12, the regular 12 size got last year. Mm. And I think most people say, used your phone for five hours and 30 minutes. I used my phone for two hours. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. I don't think most people are on their phone that long, but right. hey, uh, if I, th I think the thing with the mini too is the standby time for it is where it suffers a little bit too. And I think mm. where... I think like standby time with these other phones, you don't notice it as much because you have bigger battery capacities where, where you're not noticing it. But I feel like the mini on a 5G connection working in the background seems to drain battery faster to the point of where like the screen mm. on time might not be the best metric for it. Because I feel like if I left the mini in my pocket not doing anything, I feel like it just drains faster for some reason. You, okay, wait a minute. So standby has always been excellent on iPhones. Yeah. So this is perplexing. You're saying, so you rebooted it, you, you know, clean all that stuff. You don't think it's anything rogue? No, I, I was in New York. So I think it was just getting oh. notifications and cellular through 5G yeah, yeah. in New York was killing it. 
And gotcha. again, this was a stress test kind of thing. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. When I was home, I didn't notice it. But I was saying on my trip, I kind of noticed like the standby. Like I would pull out my pocket and I'd be like, oh, I was surprised it drained that much during that. Again, I'm someone who for some reason has some Twitter notifications turned on sometimes. And, and that <laughs> I look at like my battery life and it's like 18% of this was Twitter in the background. It's like, <laughs> I should probably turn off these notifications. <laughs> at some. Hey, I follow some people on Twitter that post like deals. I don't want to miss them. But then, no, I feel then it like drains my battery like crazy. I think I think I, I think I use my phone more more than most people. I think most people buying the mini would be fine. Personally, I could use the mini normally, too. I wouldn't mind charging it a little bit throughout the day for the form factor. But it's it's definitely improved where the 12 mini was. It, it it's it's what Apple claimed it is. It is getting the same battery life now as the regular 12 from last year, which wasn't a battery champion. But most people seemed like they got through the day perfectly fine with it. What about like the regular 13? Had you have you played around with that? I don't have a regular 13. No, I just got the mini and the Pro this year. But based on yeah. what I've seen online, I don't think anyone's been complaining about it. Yeah, I'll have access uh, to a comparison here not too long from now, I think. Um, I w- at the end of the day, iPhone, iPhone, it is what it is. Uh, iPad mini, we like it. Um, and uh, I think we I think we should just start getting into the wrap-up here. Let's talk uh, about how our weeks were. I met a lot of creators that I've... Uh, I met Viper in person for the first time. That was fun. Um, uh, I've already how met How is Jeff. Viper? Viper's, Viper is just like I figured he would be. Uh, super energetic when he's you know doing the emceeing and just just quiet and cool guy when you're just hanging out with him um technically t met him in person he is as tall as me got a lot more of those comments about oh you're taller than i thought you would be um so that was that was interesting and um who else i oh um uh i also got to meet um what you would everyone would know him as tech gear talk uh i call him ziggy or Siggy, he doesn't like that, uh, but that's why I call him that. Take your talk, really great guy. And um, one other person was there. Uh, oh, Tossif from Toronto, incredibly creative ah. uh, guy. Interesting about him, I actually had used a um, a clip of his in a previous video when he did the falling in love with like his iPad Mini, or sorry, his um, MacBook Air or something like that. It was really funny, funny video. Um, and then I ended up meeting him and he's a really cool guy too. So it was really cool to hang with my people. Of course, Jeff, I always hang out with my boy, Jeff, whenever I'm in Cali. Um, it wasn't a big tech heavy conference, but there were a lot of tech creators there. So it was lots of fun, man. There were some really great, um, really great people there. And it's really cool to, to vibe. Oh yeah. And of course, tech odyssey, Adam, I don't want to forget him. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of people there, um, doing some really great stuff. So fun times all around. I did not go to VidSub. So. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, you should have. You would have had a great time. I know you're not completely social or whatever, but I'm demanding I'd you come like next time. I'd be like Viper times Ted. <laughs> I demand you come. Demand you come next year. Demand it. I demand it. We're trying to get Canoopsy to come too. But I demand that you come next year and keep me company. What's wrong with you? All right. Yeah, I demand I'll it. consider it for next year. Because I'll CES consider. is different. Like, CES is kind of fun or whatever, but you can it's hard to connect with a lot of people because people are busy. But VidSummit, you're there for not just the course. It's not even just about the courses, which are really good. But uh, the community of being around, surrounded by people. Like, Mr. Beast is walking down the hall like it's nothing. Like, you bump into him all the time. Um, Peter McKinnon walking around. Graham Stephan walking around. Uh, Legal Eagle. Like, just all these great, um, great creators. Um, like, it's nothing. You're just kind of bumping into people. And it's... Um, it's really, really, really a lot of fun. So would love to have you there uh, hanging next time. 
yeah, next year I'll definitely consider it. It, it came too fast for me to kind of make a decision this year if I wanted to go with all all the precautions and everything. And I was just like, uh, you know what? I'm going to skip it this year. It just feels too soon for me. But I yeah. feel like next year I'll probably be in the right mindset to to go and have everything. I'll, I'll start planning it out now and budgeting and be like, all right, I'll do it for next year. It's it's 100% mindset. worth it. 100% worth it. Um, for creators, the one thing a lot of people who watch us and stuff don't realize, um, first of all, we're fans of each other. Like, you know, meeting some of these people that I've been watching for a long time is kind of funny too. Uh, what I really loved watching was the reactions of people who had never really met other creators in person before. Mm -hmm. um, this is not a fan conference, it's all creators. Because, you know, as creators, we essentially look at a camera and unless we're a big creator with, with a team members, that's pretty much it. We're the producer, writer, director, editor, uploader, we're all the things. Um, so a lot of times it's a very lonely existence, especially with COVID, that didn't make it any easier. So to see people like connect and see, and I knew this was gonna happen, watch how people got addicted to being around other creatives and having to be able to, and being able to talk to someone and understand what they mean and what they understand, and they understand what you mean, rather than someone coming going, how do you make money doing that? You make videos on the internet? Is that a real job? Like, those aren't questions. It's just acceptance and the vibe is amazing. Um, so many good conversations, lots of fun. Uh, I know, I, I think you would really dig it, man. I think you really dig it. Yeah, no, I, I think I would, as much as I, you know, uh, like to make fun at my social awkwardness, I feel like I would enjoy uh, meeting other people and stuff like that. I definitely got to meet Viper, so yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's probably the place to do it. It was funny because stuff. Viper was um, emceeing, um, you know, introducing certain creators to the stage, and I was out doing some channel audits and outside of it i could hear him going so no we're like oh my god but what's really interesting about viper is how many people recognized him and came up to him and talked to him it was like he was the most famous person there it was really really interesting made me really really happy um, to see that all the hard work he's done and all the hard work he's put in was absolutely acknowledged while he was there really really very cool that's awesome yeah yeah all right. Well, that's enough. I got some things I need to tell Greg off camera or off stream. So uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. Um, would you? Would Greg be able to speak and make an in-person speech in front of all your subscribers? Uh, uh, would I be able to make an in-person speech in front of all my subscribers? Absolutely, I would. Well, yes. he does it on video every week. Yeah, that's no problem. Oh, he wants to it's, do it in person. It's, it's the one-on-one -on -one, uh, talking to a subscriber that would be the most painful. But put me in front of the big crowd, I'll do it. I don't care. Well, that's interesting because you said, I mean, you've mostly been recognized at restaurants and stuff, which is kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. Uh, any new things? Did you go to Apple Store to get your phones and stuff? Yeah. No, no one, one recognizes No one. <laughs> Have you ever been recognized at an Apple Store? No, never. See, I have. And the funny thing about it is, is at the time, I wasn't even doing a lot of Apple content it doesn't make any sense. You get substantially more views than me. It makes no sense at all. I think it's, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I am wearing a mask when I go into the Apple store. Maybe that's partly why. Maybe. Maybe they're too scared to come up and be, oh, you, I know. You, you. Have, you have RBF, right? Resting bitch yes, face, right? I, yeah, I yeah. look angry as heck. Like <laughs> People always think I'm like mad. So they're probably like, oh, this guy's pissed. I better not bring up that I saw his YouTube video. Exactly. Don't meet your heroes. It might be disappointing. Don't meet your heroes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we'll see you guys and gals next week. He's Greg. I'm Travis. This is GadgetCast. Peace and love. <laughs>